Welcome back to the Little Bear Abroad podcast, otherwise known as Surviving in Sweden. <laughs> um, today's topic that we're discussing is something that I feel really strongly about, and um, I've had a number of over the years. I've had a number of listeners and readers get in touch with us to highlight the issue that we're discussing today because I think it is something that doesn't get enough exposure and on, is only really talked about within the expat and immigrant communities and that is of stuck parents and stuck parents who are trying to bring their children back home. It's a little bit of a complex issue and because it is, and we're not experts on it, we've invited uh, Roz Osborne, who is the head of Global Arc, which is a charity that helps and assists stuck parents who are abroad. Um, the majority of stuck parents are actually women um, because the percentage of traveling spouses in expat and immigrant situations are women. Um, and you know because of lack of integration, lack of support, lack of uh, just yeah friends, a lot of these women find themselves in untenable situations um, which results in their relationship falling apart or becoming abusive or becoming unbearable and the only way that they can survive is if they leave but of course they want to take their children too but because of something called the Hague Convention it's made almost impossible and women can find themselves dealing with very difficult legal situations including being accused of child abduction so Roz is going to explain a little bit more about that She's going to also tell us a little bit more about how we can support people who we feel might be in that situation. But I just wanted to take this opportunity to say, if there is anybody listening or reading about this, please do get in touch with us. Even if you think you're just, you just suspect that somebody you know is in this situation, please get in touch with us. We can give you some help and advice about what you need to do, where they can go for advice, and we can pass on the information um, about Rose's charity and how to get in touch with them, um, because they can offer much more comprehensive legal advice as well. Anyway, here's Rose and I talking about stuck parents and the Hague Convention. Hi, Rose. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Jill. Um, it's a pleasure to, it's a, such a pleasure to have you I'm so pleased that we've finally been able to talk like this because um, we've been in touch before um, uh, about well, a long time ago actually um, when I was first contacted by uh, some readers of Little Bear Abroad and they were asking me about um, information uh, uh, about the Hague Convention and about being a stuck parent right. and I was really lucky to come across Global Arc um, and um, I was wondering, could you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and also a little bit about Global Arc? Okay, I'll, I'll give that a go. <laughs> um, so my name's Ros, um, I'm British and moved to Portugal um, a while back with um, a small baby um, and ha had a relationship breakdown abroad like most stuck parents and then found out I couldn't return to the UK. 
um, despite all of us being British, and was shocked and surprised and um, started a the Facebook group. Um, that was back in 2011, I think it was now, oh, just time. literally to meet other parents because I felt totally alone in this yeah. situation and, mm. and nobody around me in Portugal understood. It was kind of like, well, why can't you go back home? Yeah. And uh, I had to explain, well, there's this law called the Hague Convention and no one's heard of it, but actually, you know, if I go back home, I'm going to be accused of child abduction. So, um, I met a couple of mums through there and it, it slowly grew. In fact, it grew quite quickly. Um, and I was being contacted by hundreds of, of mainly mums um, stuck in all different countries around the world. And I listened to their stories and became friends with them mm. online, of course. And um, over time, it, it, it grew and grew and I had a better and better understanding of the of the challenges that stuck parents face and the, and the law itself as well. And then in 2016, uh, we registered as a, as a charity in the UK mm. um, because we, we were growing so fast and there was so much need for real help um, that actually it needed to become a bit more uh, formal, you know? Mm. So, um, so now I'm I'm happily living back in the UK after I won my relocation with my children and you know everything worked out so so well for me. I feel super lucky mm. and um, I'm just really keen to help all the other parents who are still stuck and going through such difficult times. Really, yeah. Well, I mean, before before you go any further, what I just explain to our listeners, what is a stuck parent? Because I'm not sure many people will really have come across that term yeah. before. Yeah, so it's, it's a parent who's moved abroad and can't legally return to live in their home country with their children because mm. the other parent forbids it. So, for example, if say if you move to Sweden um, for a six month work contract, maybe. Yeah. Um, usually, it's the, it's the father who who has the work contract, yeah. mm -hmm. and the mother Absolutely. is following with with the children as their their carer. Um, and then what what we come across quite a lot is that the the father might have an affair or or maybe just really likes his job you know in Sweden yeah. and wants to stay and the mother's not not so keen and has lost her her friends and family maybe or um wants to go back wants to go back home mm. especially if they've had relationship problems mm. and you know maybe they've they've divorced yeah um, she doesn't want to stay living in Sweden um so um, at that point, the father will often say, um, no, I don't give my permission for the children to leave the country. Yeah. Um, so, and the mother thinks, okay, I didn't know this could happen. Um, mm. And will get in contact with us, hopefully. And we can give some, some help and support and information. So... Mm. Um, She's, she will then be a stuck parent. Yeah. So, and, and how does, I mean, um, I think the other question that I uh, that I have about that is like, you know, I, you mentioned the circumstances that might lead a parent to becoming stuck. Um, and does that, ha does, did, one of the things I had a question about is there's a lot of, um, I don't know if this is unusual or not, but in Sweden, there's a lot of couples who are unmarried Right. Um, but um, the children may have the father's name. 
So, um, for example, that's the situation that I am, I find myself in at the moment. I mean, not that I want to leave my, my partner or anything like that, but no, just, if, you know, in a sort of hypothetical sense, I am not married to Matthias and, um, we, but we have a daughter and Stella has Matthias's second name. Um, and we had to, we had to, um, go to, we had to go through several kind of legal, um, uh, processes in order for that to happen um so how would that how could that affect me uh not I, in obviously I can't really give any kind of legal advice mm, um mm-hmm, mm, not being a, a lawyer yeah mm-hmm. um but to my knowledge it wouldn't affect the situation much at all okay um the, the main thing that, that does affect the situation is where your child is classed as habitually resident right um so is the term that not many people have heard of, but it's an no. incredibly important thing to understand yeah. when you're moving and living abroad. Yeah. Um, so in, in Europe, um, which of course Sweden is is part of Europe, isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually um, a child would have to live somewhere for around about three months to be considered habitually resident. Okay. But the, the court would also take into account all sorts of other um, aspects mm-hmm. um, when they're making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether the child can speak the language, mm-hmm. how settled they are in school, yeah. whether they have family around them, they're, they're trying to sort of decide whether the child is habitually resident mm-hmm. um, in in that country. Mm-hmm. But in Europe, it's usually um, around about three months. Wow, which and is that's not a long time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's not very. That's not very long. No, and this is what takes people by surprise because, mm. of course, if you've got a, if you've moved somewhere for a work contract of say a year, which yeah. is fairly common, yeah. the child is habitually resident artist round about three months. Of course, it's a grey area, and it would have all the other considerations would be taken into account sure. by a court. So it's, it's difficult to, to sort of put an amount on it, but that seems to be what happens. Yeah, and. Um, so essentially, uh, um, a mother wanting to return back to her home country mm-hmm. um, would be stuck after about three months. Mm. Wow, that is that's that's I I had no idea it was that uh, that that short a period of time that it could it could happen within. Um, the and the other thing, I mean, there's another aspect of, of this altogether, isn't there? I mean, and that's the Hague Convention, and that sort of ties everything. That's where the basis of these decisions are made by the court. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, yeah. what does what I mean? How what is the Hague Convention, and why should people, you know, know about it? That's more to the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Hague Convention um, is a multilateral treaty um, that was set up in 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of countries around the world signed up to it now. I think nearly a hundred. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that covers most countries, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it it was set up, I suppose, to prevent child abduction. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it basically means that if a parent takes a child um, out of the country where it's habitually resident, this this term habitual residence mm-hmm. comes into it mm-hmm. strongly, um, then the other parent can apply to use the Hague Convention. Um, to have the child returned very quickly. Usually, uh, they, they aim to return the child within six weeks. 
Um, and so it's uh, the the parent who has taken the child um, is essentially accused, uh, accused of child abduction. Mm. Um, now, in 1980, the world was a very different place to yeah. what it is now. Yeah. Not so many families moved abroad. Yeah. Um, not so many people moved for work either, you know. Yeah. And... I mean, we feel that actually the Hague Convention needs to be revised mm. because what, what's actually happening, practically speaking now, is that a lot of expat families are getting caught up in the Hague Convention yeah. um, where really they shouldn't be mm. um, because we're talking about mothers who are um, taking their children home back to their home country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Often, after they have experienced problems um, well, abuse. in the country I mean, where the child was habitually resident, yeah, so it's... they might be fleeing domestic violence, yeah, yeah, or mm-hmm. they might not have had a visa to stay in that country, or mm. you know, for so many different reasons that they've they've chosen to 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 do that. Um, and there's always a good reason. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and sometimes, of course, the mother doesn't actually realise that she's done anything wrong because, yeah. um, say, if you're a same nationality family and mm-hmm. you've, you've moved abroad for a short time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the mother wants or needs to go back to her home country, mm-hmm. so she does, um, and then one day the police arrive on the doorstep and say, you, you're a child abducted, that you know, it can come as a complete surprise, yes, actually, sometimes. And I think I just wanted to point out, because we have been quite broad, we've been broadly um, going here saying that, you know, this is mostly affects mothers. Um, and I just have some figures here because um, you and I both know having done lots of research about the, the figures around surrounding traveling mm-hmm. spouses and so on. Um according to a 2015 Internations Expat, Post, Expat Spouse Survey, 84% of traveling spouses are female. Um, so that is kind of, that's the sort of ratio of, of women mm. who are, are in this situation. Um, and another a key, another key statistic is that 63% of expat assignments fail because the family or the spouse, the female spouse, fails to integrate or assimilate. Right. So it's a huge... Oh, I didn't know those figures. Those yeah. are really interesting. Yeah, Can you a... send those to me afterwards? <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, we'll do. Um, so there's and, a I huge mean, issue here. Of... Hmm. Sorry, you carry on. No, I was just going to say there's a, there is a huge issue here about, um, as you were taught, as going back to what you were saying before, about how the world has changed in the last 30 mm-hmm. years. And, you know, the travel and, and uh, uh, transition, global transition, is, is, is something that has to be really taken seriously by this, by European law and and uh, and global legislation when talking about things like this it's a it's a massive issue yeah absolutely I mean and then when you if you actually look at the figures of the Hague Convention themselves it's, mm. I think um, the latest figure is off the top of my head something like 73 percent of um, Hague Convention cases are um, are cases where the mother has actually taken the child. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and in some studies, it's actually higher than that. I think yeah. another one, it's eighty-four yeah. percent. Um, so it's there's a massive gender Im- imbalance going on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I think we need to start asking the question, why? Mm. Why is that? Mm. And is it because the law is not working um not working well for everybody you know in a fair sense i think it's incredibly multi-layered and and i mean one of the things that uh that, that little bear broad wants wants recognized well like that we want recognized is the fact that there is a gender um there's a huge gender bias when it comes to um immigration and traveling spouses um mm-hmm. and that you know as much as nobody wants to really talk about it or think about it um it is a predominantly female issue integration is a female issue um and that somehow has seemed to have been forgotten pretty much because you know a lot of countries are so concerned with integration from an, a, a refugee perspective and an asylum seeker perspective, and they are portraying these refugees and asylum seekers as deviant men. Um, and it's right. just so skewed. It's so skewed. Um so there is so much focus on getting um getting these the, the getting that particular group of people integrated mm-hmm. that there is a whole second or you know what tertiary group of people who have not been you know there's I, no I provision think, for you know, the silent perhaps you might say the silent majority yeah yeah but, exactly but maybe, but maybe I, I wonder why i wonder whether it's because they're not actually committing crimes yes exactly (laughs) and that's exactly that's what I mean about the sort of deviant male aspect of it you know there's so the media is so obsessed with this deviant male um persona that they are um that it kind of puts a lot of pressure on government and policymakers and legislators that you know they have to put all these provisions in place um to ensure that integration um, happens in a particular way for some people um but is is um yeah the silent majority is is not really um provided mm. for and hence that you know this kind of issue of failure to assimilate failure to integrate takes place and then we've got issues surrounding you know it falls on to falls it trickles down into issues of you know sorry in the in within the hate convention and child abduction yeah, I mean, I just think it's time that we start asking the question, why? Mm. Why are there, you know, even if it's 74% um, of cases where the mother is the taking parent, why is that? Yeah. Why is she doing it? And how how can we tackle those root problems? So yeah. with Global Arc, um, one of the things that, w- that we do is... is uh, allow the, the parents to join a support network yeah um yeah so that they they have people around them that understand where they're coming from and that they can talk to maybe even go along if they have a court appearance to support them um share information locally about what charities there are mm-hmm. um which are the good lawyers yeah. you know so um Basically, what we're trying to do is enable parents to stay put and do things legally. Yeah. Because we've seen the consequences of, of not, you know, not doing things legally. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're we trying to empower um, these mothers to, um, to sort things out where they are mm-hmm. and uh, resolve the problems that they have um, in a legal way. And um, also give them the support and the empathy that they need. 
mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. foreign country mm-hmm. um, so that they don't feel that they do need to flee mm-hmm. um, back home mm-hmm. as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, it's they're in such hard situations okay. sometimes, yeah. you know. So if they haven't got a visa to stay How do they in stay? Australia or New Zealand yeah. or whatever, yeah. and they're under threat of being separated from their children. Who I mean, who that, are who that's could not a real choice. And, and and having the thought of having to leave children in a potentially abusive situation yeah. is just is absolutely mind blowing. I mean I just I, I can't even begin to imagine what that would be like. I mean I just it's a it's a it's awful. Just awful. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. I mean so how can and so if you if if you were to suspect that one of your close friends or a, or you know is is in a situation like this, mm. how would you support them? How can how can how can we support each other to do to, yeah. to help? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good question actually because I think. Um, that support is absolutely key if you're a stuck parent. You can feel completely isolated and alone. Mm. Um, so I think the first thing is just to be there for them and, and listen okay. um, non-judgmentally. Yeah. Um, and offer that friendship as well is, mm. is absolutely vital. Mm-hmm. Um, but local knowledge is another one, I think. Um, if, if you have lived there maybe a bit longer than they have um you might know the systems the local um benefits that might be available um so you can maybe offer to go along to things with them yeah you know to the benefits office or maybe to help them get a job if that's what they want to do yeah yeah um and i think possibly the most important thing is understanding that they can't just go home yeah that there is this default law that says that they must stay until they get permission from the court to go home mm-hmm. um because it's absolutely soul destroying if if you know that it would be illegal for you to to take your children out of the country but your your friend is saying to you well why don't you just go oh I mean, god yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so and and then and is there is there steps in in play at the moment to to change the Hague Convention? I mean, are are we doing things to to is there is there some way that we can support um like a radical overhaul of this of this legislation? Well, I think the answer to that is watch this space. Um, okay. We're always trying to think of. Of, of ways that we could um, influence change mm. because we feel so strongly that the system's not working yeah. well at the moment and children are suffering as a result, you mm-hmm. know, and they are actually losing their their parents. Um, so keep an eye on our website, which mm. is um, globalarc.org, www.globalarc.org, um, and we'll keep you posted. Um, we did run a campaign last year for the meeting which happens once every five years so we're waiting another five years till the next meeting (laughs) in the meantime we're going to be speaking to politicians we're going to be um yeah connecting with as many different organizations as possible Uh um who who also deal with these cases because I'm sure there are lots of other organizations out there that are just thinking gosh something needs to change here yeah um so so yeah, if you if you 
have any listeners that are interested in getting involved please ask them to contact us yeah we will do and we'll be doing a big feature on you guys with the the release of this podcast too because I think it I am I am so touched when I hear about all of these stories and just you know and I I have had a a couple of friends who have found themselves in, in in difficult situations fortunately nobody has ended up in in a, in a legal situation um but you know they they've had to they've had to stick it out in right. in, in in a country um and um in a, in a different country that is not their own with their children to make sure that they are you know they're they're above the law as it were mm-hmm. um and it's so destroying just watching them have to go through what they have to go through um it's it's, it's a horrible. an enormous amount of strength it, to yeah to do that and Absolutely. you know that's one of the things we we help with is it's connecting parents so they don't feel alone in that situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, um, is there? Do you know of anything in um, in Sweden that we can connect anybody to? Is there anybody in any networks or so on? I mean, I guess. I mean, obviously, we, you know, little bear Bob, we want to be someone that people can feel as though they can come to for for advice or for um, referring to to Global Arc. Um, but is there anything else? Is there any other um, groups that you're aware of? No, I'm not aware of any other groups in Sweden, actually. I'm aware of a few individuals um, that have been in contact, but there aren't any groups. I mean, we are really the only, it sounds crazy, but we are kind of the only group in the world who are helping the stuck parents specifically. Yeah. Mm. Um, So, I mean, we're happy to act as a central point, and it's great that you got in contact, um, and I will certainly, you know, tell other stuck parents that contact us about about you guys because what you're doing is so important um, in integration you know in the the local culture and connecting people locally yeah yeah well it's it's yeah and that's exactly that's our long-term goal obviously as well and you know once um we we have a we have a plan in play to to create not just an online space but a physical space as well and once that happens we you know we would love to to be recognized by global arc as somewhere that people can come to for you know we it would be a conduit for legal advice and and you know help in these situations and so on so you know we're definitely valuable definitely and i'd love to pop over as well if i ever get some holiday Of course, you'd be more than welcome. We will let you know when we get the space first. Oh yeah, I'll pop in, have a cup of coffee. Oh, that's great. Um, so I don't. Um, I just want thank you so much for speaking to us. Um, it is a massive. Um, it, there, there are so many questions that I could ask about this. Um, uh, and I, but I think we've covered. Um, covered the basics in terms of you know knowing where people can go what you guys do um how to support anybody that you know we suspect may be in that situation or what they can do for themselves um but if any of our listeners um have any questions that come out of this particular topic of conversation um we will be more than happy to put them in touch with with you guys and um uh, and you can get a little bit more in-depth advice um about particular their particular situation 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, we talk yeah. to people um, online, um, on Skype and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of information on the website as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, more, I think most as well, the most important thing is, is that it's anonymous. So if they, don't feel, if they don't feel as though they can really share any names, they don't have to. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, um, we recognise that it's, some people are in, um, you know, a lot of legal, um, having legal problems and, you know, it's not always appropriate to ask for names. So, you know, you can put a nickname down. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Roz. I really appreciate it. Looking forward well, to speaking to you guys us. again soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Jill. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye. So that's it for this week's podcast Um, and as we said before if anybody does have any questions needs any more help or advice about being a stuck parent please do get in touch with us directly um, at Little Bear Abroad you know how to get in touch with us ask at littlebearabroad.com or you can get in touch directly with Global Arc and they have a Facebook page you can find them on. Um, We're going to put links up onto um, uh, the podcast uh, episode two so you can follow them. Um, But please uh, don't do anything rash until you've spoken to them and gotten some legal advice. Um, They really are a fantastic group of people. So yeah, until next week, bye!